Are you there, Lakina? Welcome to an all-new fun-filled edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. <laughs> Along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott, I am Sydney Brown. You can catch me on the social media streets, i.e. the Twitter and i.e. the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Keita McGee on Twitter and at Keita underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. And you can follow this show, Second City Sports, as part of the We Are Regal Radio Network, i.e. War Media, by searching War on Anchor, which keeps you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you search for War on Anchor. We are also on iHeartRadio. Please, please, please download the iHeartRadio app. When you do, type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And we also are on the tube, a.k.a. YouTube, at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media on YouTube. You can not only listen to us, but you could watch us as well. Hello. Hello. Uh, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> we got tires and gas in the plane now. We got tires and gas now. So we're getting there. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, boy. Speaking of, tire, speaking of tires and gas on the plane, hopefully that's what our 2020 Chicago Bears are preparing to do to go into the next phase of the hopefully the so-called rebuild of this franchise. As we are discussing the 41-25 loss to the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football, the Bears' record on national television this year has been putrid 0-3. But that's not the issue. The issue is the future of the Chicago Bears, a.k.a. the Monsters of the Midway. Watching the game against the Packers on Sunday night took me back six years ago, 2014. I'll take you guys a trip down memory lane. Remember head coach Mark Tressman? Yes. Yes. Remember that embarrassment, 55-14, to 14, and memory serves correct with the final score? Yes. That was start of the breaking point for the McCaskies and head coach Mark Tressman, who didn't know what the hell he was doing. Of course, there were issues throughout that team uh, leading up to that game coming off of bye week. Uh, similar uh, instances is happening here. But the difference is, thanks to the situation that we're in in this COVID world, uh, the media has not access to the uh, uh, information in locker rooms like they have been in years past for the time being. As we suggested on this program the last few weeks, this team is breaking. If you watch Sunday night's game between the Bears and the Packers, the defense had enough and they officially broke. The offense did not get a jump start by the alleged quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. The running game looked nice with the day from Montgomery, but your alleged head coach, Matt Nagy, uh, said something stupid at halftime to NBC Sports reporter Catherine Tappan. We're not worried about Mitchell Trubisky's interception. We knew we had a shot. It comes a point where you had to look yourself in the mirror and say, this, this is not acceptable. This needs to change and the bleeding needs to stop. 
Now, if you listen to this program throughout the last several weeks, I've tried to come up with new ways to describe the situation for the Chicago Bears. This is no longer about the 2020 season. This is about the future of this franchise. We've run out of words. We try to give you guys warning signals, warning signs about this season. But we all had to accept now that this has gone beyond this season. It's about the history of this franchise, and it goes way beyond head coach Matt Nagy, and it goes way beyond the previous head coaches over the last decade or so. This is about the history of the franchise, and a philosophy, a new philosophy needs to be installed up there in Hallis Hall. Now, who comes in, who comes out, we'll discuss that as we go along. But this is about the future of this franchise. Will they catch up to the rest of the NFL? Will they stay stagnant? Or will they continue to go downhill? We'll discuss this and more as we continue on this program. Lakina, before I start to run out of words and deep, dig myself deeper in the hole, I'll ask you, uh, where do you want to begin? Because this is more just about Sunday night's game against the Packers. Um, that, uh, take over, please, because I'm, I'm running out of words. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I will start with the game first. But, uh, you know, look, Aaron Rodgers, if you saw his um, post-game interview with Catherine Tappan, he said, look, I love being Chicago. I love playing the Bears. Well, oh, yeah, of course he does. He's 20-5 and five against them. So, of course, yes. he, of course he, you love playing against a team, one of your – which turns out to be one of your, you know, your oldest and, you know, dearest uh, divisional rivals that have been for a long time. Now, if you saw the game, now, I really wish that Chris Collinsworth had a chance to call the game because I, I, could, I, could, I, could, I could picture him saying, you know, on the verge of saying a couple of swear words, although it was totally judgy. We know we, we weren't going to get that from him, you know, but th there was <laughs> – Almost. I, he almost said a swear word, and he almost – he kind of almost wanted to say help for a second. Like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> I mean, uh, look, there was – with Akeem Hicks not there – it was going to be hard for them to set defense to slow down the offense, you know, the Packers offense. That's just how, you know, it would just be a par for the course, but they were already, but they were having issues even before that. So, you know, take that for what it is, but the defense quit. And the only reason why they were able to step up in the second half is because, you know, Green Bay kind of took their foot off the gas and those garbage touchdowns that the Bears scored meant nothing because I'm sure some of those defensive guys that they had that, that the Packers had on the field, a lot of them were probably second and third stringers, you know, to give them an opportunity. They probably didn't want to, you know, over, over one their deep, their, their main defensive guys. It, it's just, it, things need to be, things, things need to change from top to bottom. The, the general manager pace needs to go. Nagy needs to go. The whole coaching staff needs to go. You probably got to start trading off guys to perhaps maybe get those draft picks and built from the ground up again. You know, if they lose out, they could probably end up, you know, with a top five pick. But we all know, look, I know Nagy, you know, laid in on the, the team a couple of hours ago for, at his presser, but that, that's, a, that's a way to sort of lose the locker room if you do that. And he kind of essentially, he didn't throw the defense under the bus last night, but he, you know, last night, but he kind of did today. And, you know, we didn't do better. It was embarrassing, blah, blah, blah. But look, we've seen it all before. It's just, you know, it's just all in deaf ears at this point. So they could very well easily lose at least most, if not all, of their remaining games. That's just, you know, that's just how that they're, they're just, they're just going to be. If you're a Bears fan, you cheer for that because they've got no—they got nothing to gain by going to the playoffs. They don't. 
they'll probably get blown up by whoever they end up playing. They'll have to probably have to go on the road and, you know, they'll probably have to, you know, they'll probably get blown out by that, that team, whoever they play against. So if you're a Bears fan, you want to kind of try to lose out because that's probably the only way you'll get real change. Now, you know, outside the game, I mean, look, I was hearing all, all week long when it was looking more and more like Trubisky was going to start. I was hearing from, you know, there were some of those, you know, Trubisky truthers, if you will, that said, oh, you know, the Bears might win. You know, Trubisky's back on the field. I was like, oh, God, these people are really getting on my nerves. But uh, I, I, I'm like, <laughs> like what the, really? And you end up getting the same thing when, you know, Trubisky threw the different interception to Savage at the, on the end zone. I mean, and you know, the, 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 the strip sack. I know people say, well, they grabbed his face mask, but, it, it, you know, it really was a moot point then. Unfortunately, you know, look, the Bears are who you thought they were. There was a reason why a lot of the national pundits did not give the Bears any love when they went five and one. This is who they are, and, you know, changes need to be made. And, you know, that's all I have to say about that. Now let Mr. Lamont Scott take it from here. Why y'all being so nice? We are. We're being nice. (laughs) (laughs) We're being nice. (laughs) <laughs> That's you said nice. you said it needs to start from the top to the bottom. No, they need to go knock on the old lady door, and they got to go all the way to the top and come down to the bottom, all <laughs> the way down to the coach. I just watched that press conference too. Don't try to throw the defense under the bus. They held you up for ten weeks straight, so you you should be still kissing their dirty shoes because they got ran over. We knew what Aaron Rodgers would do to the Bears. We knew what was going to happen. That's why I didn't want to watch it with the people I was watching it with because they was like, oh, the Bears got a shot. They got a good defense. In my mind, I'm sitting there like, no, this cannot happen. It will not happen. It won't happen. So everything needs to change. You're talking about blowing it up? Yeah. You can get some draft picks. Khalil Mack was a great trade. We was on the cusp. But now we can get some picks for him. Get rid of him. Eddie Jackson, before he get too bad, get some more picks for him. And throw Tyler Bray in the game. Why not? What do we have to lose by putting him in the game? He cannot be worse than Mr. Biscuit. He can't be worse. How can he be worse? Nick Foles, I've seen him on the press conference when Nick should be back and Nick might be okay. The, the third string might be the answer. And as far as where we go from here, nowhere. I told y'all last week on the show, they wouldn't probably win another game this year. And it's going to look like it. So we shooting at a number six pick, number seven pick. And if we stumble into the playoffs by default, it'll be sad because it would not help us any and we don't need to go. And yes, somebody, I think it was Dan Weeder asked Matt at the press conference, you think y'all coaching for y'all jobs now? He was like, well, that's always part of it. And Yes, that's a part of it because you, your quarterback, and everybody else involved should be on their way out. A la Detroit since the last time we've spoken. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott. I am Sydney Brown. So we discussed the Bears' 41-25 loss to the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football. The Bears' record now drops to five and six. They're still on the outside of of the playoff picture, but as we've been telling you on this program all season long, especially this over the last month or so, uh, the playoffs are not reality for this team. Just going over some quick stats from Sunday night's game, Mitchell Trubisky, 26 for 46 for 242 yards, a couple of interceptions, but three touchdowns, even though that was in garbage time. Running back David Montgomery 
had 11 carries for 103 yards. Allen Robinson, who dropped a, a big potential game-tying touchdown in the first quarter, he still had eight receptions for 74 yards and two touchdowns. Let me focus in on Allen Robinson as we, we will discuss the future of the team, not just today, but moving forward and going into the offseason. I'll start it now. I heard uh, our colleagues and friends of the show, the bigs, Eugene and Terrence, they discussed this on their show uh, on the What's In It for the Black People in the Network, support that uh, on the soil program. Uh, they were discussing for the last couple of weeks. Uh, re remember that the, uh, back in September, Allen Robinson took all his pictures down, referring to the Bears as he wanted a new contract. He's looking real smart right now as far as his business is concerned. And, and looking real smart is correct. If the Bears want to sign him back, who's going to be the future quarterback for this team? Because we all know after next year, Nick Foles will not be there. Number two, who's going to be the new GM? And number three, who's going to be the new head coach? Now, heaven forbid there's no changes. However, the season ends, it's really going to, going to be a mess. I'm Allen Robinson. I'm still going to get my money, but staying here long-term is not the best idea as a well, – But didn't – I'm sorry, Lakina. Didn't, Alan, didn't, didn't he say in that press conference that just went off the air that he loved Allen Robinson? I guess he should. That's the only person that showed up. So, yeah, he still love Allen Robinson. And, and any slack they gave Allen Robinson for taking that down, they should leave him alone right now. And the thing is, is that I know some people are saying that they could franchise him. They could, but if they completely, you know, change, you know, the GM and the coach, I mean, they probably going to want to bring in their own guys. So, look, and it, you know, Allen Robinson could say, you know what, you know what, it's been a nice few years here. I'm going to go somewhere and perhaps maybe – you know, go to a contender and have my chance to get his ring. And, you know, look, at this point, he does look like a smart person by taking it down. I think that was sort of a foreshadowing of what's to come. So maybe he was smart by taking down all those all those um, Bears logos and stuff like that. Now, back to the game for a second. It was, it was nice seeing, you know, NBC sort of just, you know, throwing shade. You know, look at all the offensive stats, you know, next to last. <laughs> or next, next to last, you know, on their offense, you know, the defense, you know, it's okay, but meh. So it was, it was actually fascinating that I wanted the nation to see how putrid this Bears team is along with the rest of us. They should suffer too. So, yeah, I'm being petty and I'm throwing a little bit of shade there. Now, as far as the defense, I mean, look, you can tell that that defense did quit for a little bit because they were probably getting sick and tired of, you know, carrying the load for this Bears offense, but the defense has had their mm -hmm. own issues too. So it, it's not, you know, it's not conducive. It's sort of counterproductive. So I, I think like this whole team kind of needs to be, so, you know, I know I'm sure they're going to do like the whole impassioned speech. Oh, look, you know, this is embarrassing. You know, you know we were better than this and blah, blah, blah. But look, you look at their, look at their, uh, their, the rest of their schedule. I mean, yeah, they're playing Alliance team. That's, they're basically kind of being kind of in the same situation. I mean, we'll get to them in a little bit when we do our studs and duds, I'm sure. But, you know, it, it, you're, you're no longer sort of the team that people fear. And I think that's the thing that, the, 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 you know, the sooner people, you know, the team realizes it, the better off they'll probably be and maybe they can start from scratch. I mean, they, they don't have no choice, though, Lakina. I mean, like, everything sucks. I mean, every part of it sucks. Like, and, and I don't blame the defense for quitting. I've been telling y'all for two weeks on this show that you're going to get tired of carrying dead weight. That's just like mm -hmm. in life. You get tired of carrying dead weight. So, yes, they got tired of carrying them last night. That game was over with, what, seven minutes left in the first quarter? Like, yep. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> 
I think I, at the seven minute mark, I looked up and it was over. So it, they, they, it don't, yeah, it was just a stomach ache. It was a bad stomach ache. Like, and it's bad that I had to watch it with other people that was like thinking we were better than what we really were. And I was trying to tell them, not that good. Let me ask y'all, what's the harm in putting the third string quarterback in? Can he be, can he be in any worse? No, he cannot be any worse, but see, here's the thing. And Matt Nagy is coaching for his job. He's known that ever since uh, last offseason, okay, when they came off in the 8-8 eight eight, uh, uh, disappointing year last year. They're still going to try to win every game, and Matt Nagy is still going to try to save his job. If they started their third-string quarterback, with, if it was Tyler Bray or whoever, they're admitting to themselves and to their fan base and to the public, uh, we've thrown in the towel. There's no, there's no hope for this season. Uh, uh, everything is just a mess. And they don't want to admit that to themselves, to the public. Now, I'm sure internally, um, well, uh, well, well, I can't turn this around. There's nothing much else we can do. But to throw out uh, that message that we're throwing in the towel for the rest of the season – will look bad on them publicly. That's why they won't do it. Should they do it? Yes, but let's be realistic. They're not going to do it because they don't. They want to win as many games as possible because they want to keep their jobs. And if they don't, it, we'll talk about the New York Jets in a moment, but if you turn this into a New York Jets situation, it's really going to look bad. You think things are bad now, which they are. They will get worse if they start a third-string quarterback. Uh, the Bears – and Matt Nagy do not want to put that message out there that we're throwing in the towel, especially after you started the year five and one. It's more, it's also a pride thing at this point. Yeah. They don't want they do not they do not want to have to worry about, you know, this is basically saying that, you know, we're basically giving up on the rest of the season, you know, fire all of us and then and, and such. That's basically what they would do if they bring Bray in. Would he be worse? No, but at the same time, you're still trying to they're still in the business of winning games and Look, they're not out of the playoffs, but the, the math isn't there for them at this point. So they're gonna, of course, they're gonna try to win every game to sort of, I don't know, if nothing else for pride. But y'all say that like it ain't no chance he can be better. I mean, it ain't no chance he can do better. That's that's. I mean, Nick still hurt. They could have said Mitch took a hard shot in that game and threw him out there and see. He, it's a possibility he could be better than what you seen that pass Mitch with them three passes he threw in the first quarter that didn't make it to the receiver. Then they. The announcer gonna say, "Oh, he must have slipped." No, he, he didn't slip. The pass was just that bad. I mean, like, <laughs> ain't it possible that he could actually make a couple of plays that them other two ain't made? But see, here's the thing, Lamont. Who's still the head coach as of right now? Matt Nagy. Do you think that Tyler Bray will thrive in these next uh, five games or how many games they have remaining under this uh, putrid coaching staff? I don't think so. Mm -mm. I'm with that they should put him in, but looking at it short-term and long-term, do you think that Tyler Bray would be any better under yeah, this mean, current coaching staff? No. They're not going to change the playbook just to fit his scheme. Like you always say, coach your scheme, not your team. But yeah. I, I can't see Tyler Bray doing any better. I can't see, see him uh, turning uh, to be Kurt Warner overnight. That's not going to happen. But – the Matt Nagy and the rest of that coaching staff won't do it. 
Yeah, it, 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 they're not. They're, and they're really not. And sort of, you know, the game plan is almost as if that the, these teams have figured it out. <laughs> and we saw this, these teams mm-hmm. evolve for the last couple of years. I mean, yeah, you know, the first year was great because no one had seen a lot of that stuff. But now you're so predictable, you know, I'm sure defense is probably like yawning, like, okay, you know, let, let's, okay, we'll do a jet sweep. Okay, you know, we'll, we'll keep blitzing you guys. And you know, look, David Montgomery, you know, rushed for 103 yards. That was a, that's the first time in 11 games the whole season that a Bears running back has rushed for 100 yards. That's ridiculous. And also, you know, for the defense, they've given up their share of big plays and, you know, long drives too. I mean, Look, I mean, if you saw Aaron Rodgers' jersey last night, it was clean. You could see, you know, there were no grass stains. There was like, there was white. It was like completely white, nice and clean, no hurries, no sacks. What the heck happened there? I mean, everyone needs to look at themselves in the mirror. And look, if you want to put some of those second stringers in, go ahead. I mean, unfortunately, look, we haven't heard, we heard Robert Quinn's name, what, once or twice that whole game? Khalil and Mack, we heard the same thing. So it, it's sort of one of those things where you kind of have to say, you know what, maybe everybody kind of just needs to go. And look, oh, look, I would love for the McCaskies to give up ownership of the team, but that's not happening, unfortunately. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, this, this, this Bears franchise is in flux. So you said we're going to suck for the next six years then because we still don't have a quarterback. I mean, it's, it's just – it doesn't make any sense, though, like – it, and, and they dug it themselves, so that's why I don't feel bad for them at all. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the, you look at the team down here, they going with a running back and quarterback. <laughs> Drew Brees go down, they put Tyson Hill in. He scored three, two touchdowns on running plays. What he threw, <laughs> he threw two passes or something like that. So you look at it's ways to win with a defense that Matt Nagy just ain't figured out. And from everything y'all saying, it just seemed like Matt Nagy needs to go first, and we'll work everything else out from there. See, here's the thing, and you're listening to Second City Sports along with Lamont Scott and Lakina McGee. I'm Sidney Brown. As we talk about the Chicago Bears and the, now the rest of the National Football League, of course, let's trans- keeping it in the Bears theme, but let's transition over a little bit to the Detroit Lions, of course. Uh, Matt Patricia, the head coach, is out of there. Jim Bob Quinn is out of there as well. Do you guys think that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace should have been handed their pink slips uh, following Sunday night's game because I tweeted that out uh, d- during that game. Uh, th- this was horrible, and th- there's no excuse for it. Just keeping them around to the end of the season. I kind of want to get into why that the Bears are doing it, but I'll start with you, Lamont. Should Matt Nagy and Brian Pace be on the fishing boat with Patricia and Quinn right now? You know what? They should be, but because he won the division, he won't be. They will let him finish the season out because he won that division. That's the only reason. But not just him. They quarterbacks got to go with him. This is what I'm saying. The, the quarterback room got to go. Mr. Uh, Laser got to go. Uh, the, all of them, that whole conglomeration of garbage has to go and let it ride. And we need to just look at us not being in the playoffs for the next year or two. And, and figure out where we go from here. But wherever we go from here, did you see that stat last night where Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre had more touchdown passes against us than all our quarterbacks combined? Like, you could combine, like, three of our quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and he had more. I mean, I think they eliminated Sid Luckman. But with everybody else we had <laughs> during that time period, 
they had each one of them had more touchdown passes against us individually. Like I think they had like. Does that include Bob Avellini too? Yeah, man, uh, you are going to wave my machine. <laughs> You're going to wave my machine with that one. No, I did not Google that either. <laughs> you know they benched Vince Evans for Bob Avellini in that playoff game in Dallas. I'm still mad about that. So, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not cool with what they're doing, but it's gonna have to start right there. I think we need to. Matter of fact, if we even if we got to trade Khalil Mack for a quarterback, so be it. At least we'll have a quarterback, a competent quarterback. But we need to do something, man. And, and it's embarrassing. And it's starting at the complete top, not just with Matt Nagy. It's a little bit bigger than him and a little bit bigger than uh, McCaskey. I mean, we need to tell, you know, she's an older lady now. We need to let her go get us some rest. So she don't have no input, no son input. Nobody from that address have input. And maybe they'll win a game. Uh, see, for, see, yeah, for me, uh, they're going to let them finish out the season. I think they're going to wait to see how they finish. If they finish like 0-5 or 1-4, 2-3, they'll maybe maybe they'll pull the plug. But if he finishes like at 3-2 or 4-1 or something like that, I doubt that's happening. But, you know, in case they do, then they'll probably give them a mulligan and give them a chance to finish. Because you know the excuses they're going to use. They're going to use COVID. They're going to use, you know, the fact that they didn't have fans in the stands. You know, they didn't have revenue coming in, so they don't want to have to pay Nagy. Sorry, uh, play Nat, you know, the pay uh, Nagy and Pace, you know, the rest of their contracts. So that's not going to happen. So I just don't see it. I mean, you know, Ted Phillips needs to go and other personnel there who've been there a long time, they need to go too. So it, 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 I think it's all going to depend on how they finish. I think that's just got to be, that's how it is. I told y'all last week that they're going to finish. 0-5. I told y'all last week they probably wouldn't win another game. You see a win in there? What, Detroit, you count the Detroit game as the only win? What other win you see in there? It might be Jacksonville. Maybe. Jacksonville. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> Where that game at? Is it here in Jacksonville? In Jacksonville. It's in Jacksonville. Nah, they don't travel well. They're going to go down to Daly's place and get beat up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. They were in yeah. Daly's place, so that's how I know people get beat up in Daly's place because you know the stadium connected to Daly's place, and they hold AEW in Daly's place, so it's gonna be a lot of beating up when the Bears go down there. Hmm. Well, here's the thing: before we move on, George McCaskey, he has to have a philosophy, and he has to have a, a pure overhaul. But like you guys said, will he be allowed to do that? It has to come from uh, Miss Virginia McCaskey. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look. I think Virginia McCaskey. She's in, she's in her nineties now, and Thank look, you. George. You know, look. He's some some said he's the more progressive of the the family, but I, look. I at, at this point, I, I look. I like you said, like you know, we all know that pace and that. They didn't even have TVs when she started talking. When she started paying attention to football, they didn't even have TVs. <laughs> oh, brother. Finish your point, Sid. We lost you for a second. <laughs> okay. What I was getting ready to say was, no, no matter how the, this 2020 season finishes, uh, Pace and Nagy, we all know that they're going to finish it out. But I don't think at this point it really matters. They should go right now. You can get a jump start of who you want to bring in as head coach. But – and general manager, but it all comes down to philosophy. Uh, will uh, will that philosophy be any different? Will it 
will it change going upwards or will it go down even further, as I mentioned at the top of the show? Uh, it, it would be a real shame if, they, if the Bears use this pandemic as an excuse because other teams and other sports, including the Chicago Blackhawks here in this city of Chicago, didn't use that as an excuse. They used it as a time uh, to uh, really look at themselves and make hard changes in their front office. See, real quick, if the Bears were to go in a different direction, do you think it would be a safe move to bring in an Eric the enemy maybe that come from Kansas City under that same thing, or will it just continue to lose and, like, because he's going to try to do the same thing. Like I said, we'll get into the coaching names as we go along here. He wouldn't be a bad idea. I also listened to a, another uh, national program, uh, and the rumor mill has it that the Houston Texans will go after Eric Bieniemy hard uh, once the Kansas City Chiefs season concludes sometime in the playoffs. So if the Bears won, they're going to have some competition because we all know that between five, six, and seven jobs, open up around the NFL every year. So the Bears, some they do the right thing, get rid of Matt Nagy. Uh, they're going to be in, in competition uh, for those high candidates. Now, what they have in their back pocket is this is the city of Chicago. This is the charter franchise. And so you can start anew. What other, uh, what other uh, uh, potential openings are more attractive than Chicago Bears? Maybe you can say the New York Jets because they'll probably draft Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. But outside of those two places, is Detroit really attractive? No. Houston, okay, maybe Houston because of the quarterback, Deshaun Watson. But they have some work to do as well, just like the Chicago Bears. So there's not too many other uh, places that are more attractive than Chicago. Like I said, maybe New York because you're starting over with Trevor Lawrence. But all these franchises have work to do. But the Bears are in the driver's seat, but not clearly, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's my thing. Like, look, yes, they have a, they're a charter franchise. Yes, you know, it's the city of Chicago and all that. But so I would say some of the other, other names, you, other teams you mentioned are probably ahead of them because of the fact that they've got a little bit of personnel. They, mm-hmm. Houston, has Deshaun, Houston has Deshaun Watson. Detroit, you know, we'll see how long Matt Stafford's around. They, they probably need to change the whole entire personnel a little bit. New York, I mean, they probably have to – there are some, you know, there are a couple of guys there, but they probably are going to have to start over. Maybe they'll get Trevor Lawrence if he decides to come out. But the Bears are right there, but they're not going to be the only team they're going to be looking for a coach. And especially with the ownership group, too, some people may, may take that, as a, may take that so- as a strike against them. So enough, enough of all the all the, the bad stuff. Let's go to some good stuff. Let's talk about the rest of the week twelve in, in the NFL. <laughs> what impressed you? What impressed you guys the most? You know, what's your sort of synopsis? That that is wide open. That that everybody got a shot. Like the teams from the middle of the pack up got a shot, but the bottom half don't have any type of shot. So it's like I looked at the week as separation in a sense, besides like a couple of teams that's still kind of on the borderline. But other than that, yeah, it's like it's like any given Sunday almost because some of them games was not supposed to end like they ended. And some of them people that won wasn't supposed to win. If you look at my score sheet, I'm probably 20 games behind Sid now. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm more like almost 30, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Sid. Uh, speaking of um, Sunday's action, of course, I told y'all on the, on this podcast last week, the Atlanta Falcons will shock the world and, and defeat the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, did I expect the final score to be 43-6? to six? 
No. But as I told y'all last week, the Raiders, the last couple years during this time of the year, they come to the East Coast and they wet the bed like they did last year against the New York Jets. They did it again against the Atlanta Falcons. And now the, the Raiders had to go back on the road to the East Coast next week. We'll get into that on Friday. Uh, the New York Giants, they get by Cincinnati 19-17. Daniel Jones injured his hamstring. I know the Giants are in first place for the time being. Uh, if he's out for any long period of time, uh, speaking of Daniel Jones, the Giants can kiss that any slight playoff host goodbye. Also, the Arizona Cardinals, I watched that entire game via my computer. Mm -hmm. uh, they disappointed me. The Patriots come from behind to beat the Cardinals 2017. Kyler Murray did not have a great game. Uh, Cam Newton didn't look great for the first part of that game, but uh, they made the plays when they had to. Also, now the Patriots are 5-6. and six. They still hanging around uh, the playoff picture. I think they played the Los Angeles Chargers uh, next Thursday night, so we'll, we'll see about that. Of course, the Dolphins rolled by the New York Jets, 20-3. The Cleveland Browns, quietly, they're 8-3. They got a, a tough game against the Titans next week, but they, took, they take care of Jacksonville, 27-25. And the shocker of the day to most people, the San Francisco 49ers defeated the Rams on the last second field goal, 23-20. I did watch this game via my computer in San Francisco. Outside the third quarter, the San Francisco 49ers dominated that game. The Rams didn't know what hit them. Now, Aaron Donald for the Rams showed up defensively, but offensively, offensively, the Rams did not have it. Yeah, but golf had two interceptions, so mm -hmm. that, that deal played a part, too. That's all drives for the Rams, and gosh, I mean – you know, the, the, the Niners, uh, we'll, we'll get to them when we do our studs and does, but I think that was the game that really shocked me was a, the, maybe maybe they get a little bit of a mulligan here, the Niners do. Maybe, look, they're five and six. They're right there in the chase in the NFC for their wild card. Um, that Atlanta game really kind of, you know, caught me off guard, guard really. I mean, like, what? what? I, look, just when we started believing you, uh, Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, you, you end up winning the bet against Atlanta. Good grief. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yep. look, Derek Carr was sacked, was sacked three times. They tried to get Nathan Peterman there. He got sacked a couple of times. So that <laughs> And then look, Atlanta's played very well. Look, they probably won't make the playoffs, but I think Raheem Morris is making the case for him to sort of, you know, have a, a shot at that job. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, the game. The game. Another game. Well, just let me just one more thing, but uh, yeah, that 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 air. I'll get to Arizona, my studs and does, but Arizona, my God, they disappointed me uh, severely because they should have, they should have, that should have been a blowout. They should have pulled away from uh, the Patriots. They didn't. They made some questionable um, offensive play calling. Cam wasn't at his best, but and I, I don't know. <laughs> They're six and five. They're still right there, but they 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 can't afford any more bad losses. They can't. No, no. Why you were saying the game that shocked me? Uh, I thought your defense would hold up a little better. The Indianapolis coach. I, I, I thought the defense would show up, Lakina. Sorry. <laughs> I picked up because of you. La is burying her head in the sand right now. If you're watching I, us on I, YouTube. I picked up because of you, Lakina. <laughs> I thought they would show up, Lakina, but I see everyone scared of Mr. Henry. So I'm gonna just leave that shocker at that. Boy, we move on. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Forrest Buckner didn't play. But I don't think that would have made a difference anyway. <laughs> that probably would not have made a difference. 
But uh, yeah, that that yeah, I, I had that game in, in the background. I was like, huh? What? Oh Lord. Okay, there's Derrick Henry doing Derrick Henry things. Like uh, I I don't know what to do right now. Oh my God, they 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 just they, they, they they're the driver's seat in the AFC South. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Speaking of the AFC South, the Houston Texans defeated the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving Day, 41-25. And, of course, the Washington football team put it on the Dallas Cowboys, 41-16. Of course, the Dallas Cowboys lose uh, their strength and conditioning coach and former NFL player and one-time Chicago Bear Marcus Paul at the age of 54. So we'd like to send our condolences out to the Marcus Paul family. Uh, those Thanksgiving Day games, uh, they, I didn't watch too much of any of them. They were a joke. Oh, my God. Um, Antonio Gibson, though, for Washington. I mean, 115 yards, three touchdowns. Washington is right there in the NFC East, like everybody else is. So, <laughs> look, Alex Smith, I mean, look, we'll see what happens. They, they still got to play a lot of their, you know, a lot of their fellow division rivals. They still – they got the Eagles. You know, they have the Steelers coming up this Sunday. They had the 49ers, the Seahawks to finish up against the Panthers. So, and everybody else, they got to play within their division. So, I'm sure Washington hopes they can kind of sneak in there while everybody else beats, beats it. the others up. The other up. You know, down here, you got like the, the state is split. You got half Cowboy fans, half Saints fans. So, I watched the game with a bunch of Cowboys fans, and they little feelings was hurt. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, y'all losing to a team with no name. You do realize that team doesn't have a name, so y'all lost to a bunch of no names. So, yeah, it was it was a rough one down there for them. All right, oh, Lakina. All right, Lakina. Let's start with you as we wrap up this segment of our NFL Power Hour. Uh, what was your? Who are your studs uh, for Week Twelve in the National Football League? Well, I gave out one Antonio Gibson, the running back for Washington. He looked great, and if you guys had him on your fantasy team, I'm sure <laughs> you had a nice little uh, fantasy uh, bonuses there. Um, Tennessee, I mean, I wasn't expecting that. Look, I, you guys know I've been touting that indie, indie defense. They, you know, Derrick Henry said, hey, you know, it's Lakita, sorry. Uh, I, I'll, I'll just run all over them. 178 yards, three touchdowns. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I mean, like I said, they're now in the driver's seat to win that division. And let's see, my last one is San Fran. They looked really good. And look, everyone, a lot of guys are getting healthy. They don't have a, they have to play in Arizona for their last two home games, unfortunately, because the, the Santa Clara County officials have put restrictions on practices because, of course, the COVID cases rising all over the country. So it just came out, you know, that they are going to be playing in Arizona. So we'll, we'll see how we'll see how that turns out with them. So and also I would say my bonus stud and I I hate you know, that sorry Lamont I hate to do this to you but I'm gonna pick Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers you know four touchdowns Jamal Williams and, and Aaron Jones both ran that through that Bears front seven, Green Bay they're in the driver's seat in the NFC North. Uh actually I was gonna man up today and give my first stud to Aaron Rodgers. And even call him a bad man, not the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, get a stood. And uh, <laughs> my next one is uh, the New Orleans Saints, even though they beat nobody. But tell you what, <laughs> they hand the ball all day long, and they completely won a game by running the football 
against a team with no quarterback. So they can't really get a lot of credit for the win because Denver wanted to start a coach. But the way they just ran the ball constantly and knew they could just win just by running the ball, because Denver got a couple of killers on defense. So the, the way they was able to just do it was kind of impressive. And Hill is, what, 2-0? Mm-hmm. So he gets a juice, but the, the top stud going to go to that uh, Tyreek Hill character and that Patrick Mahomes character. The man had 200 yards in the first quarter. What he, what he finished with, like, 289? I think Pat had, like, 486 or something like that. That's a deadly combination. What he said after the game made a lot of sense. He said, we got the best quarterback with the best wide receiver, with the best coach, with the best offensive coordinator. We the best team. And I, I kind of got to agree with him, even though Pittsburgh's still on top. All right, did you give out your third still a month, or – Oh, the third, the third was uh, them. I went with Aaron Rodgers, the uh, Hill for going two and zero, and you know the Tyreek Hill, Pat Mahomes combo. Okay, here's my three studs. Um, we didn't talk about this game, but uh, it was exciting to watch if you watched it, especially if you were in the Chicago land area. The Minnesota Vikings come from behind to defeat the Carolina Panthers, 28-27. Vikings wide receiver Chad Beebe uh, fumbled the kickoff early in the fourth quarter, but he came back and caught the game-winning touchdown. I believe his father is um, former NFL player Don Beebe. We'll yep. check up on that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It is? Yep, it is. Okay, I remember his daddy playing. He, he actually, he's from uh, the Chicago Lane area, Aurora, uh, to be exact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shouts out to Ch- Chad Beebe c- catching the game-winning touchdown. He's my first stud. My second stud will go to Cleveland Browns running back Nate Chubb. 19 carries for 144 yards and a touchdown in the Browns' 27-25 win over Jacksonville. And my third stud will be the 49ers defense. Uh, Outside the third quarter, they dominated that game. Of course, they won on the last second field goal by former Bear Robbie Gold, no less (laughs) being the Rams 23-20 in SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. All right. So, and, and yeah, Chad was also my uh, bonus stud too. So congrats to him. And I'm glad he was able to kind of sort of redeem himself after that muff putt. Uh, so became, yeah. became a, becoming a Carol like his dad was way back when. Um, yeah. Also a bonus stuff in me real quick, back to the 49ers, Debo Samuel, uh, yes. uh, the wide receiver, 11 catches for 133 yards. Back from injury. Like he, he missed like almost mm-hmm. a month with like a hamstring. So Good for him. Um, okay, Dud's time, the other side. Um, okay, a Dud for me is the Detroit Lions. You know, look, Matt Patricia, Bob Quinn, come at your paint slip and link card. You, you, I mean, <laughs> just, just, zero, just zero effort. Lakina handing out link cards. Lakina handing out link cards. I am, I am. Uh, just, you know, I mean, they kept it close for a little bit, but yet, you know, Houston you know, was able to pull away. And, you know, some bad turnovers and such. So, ugh, it, it was just awful. Those, those Thanksgiving Day games were just uh, putrid. Um, my second, Arizona. I mean, just disappointing. You know, Gonzalez, again, you missed a – you were set up to th- – th- for three games, three straight games, you, you were set up to be the hero. Yeah, you missed all the field goals. And unfortunately, <laughs> if so, linear division, you're just right there in like in the edge of that last playoff spot. So you get it. Well, you get a dud. Well, the whole team gets a dud because that should not have been that should not have been close. I'm sorry, sorry, New England Patriots fans, but it shouldn't have. And I'm gonna go a little off the cuff here for my third dud. 
Drew Locke, the Broncos quarterback, and Steve Saunders. Who is Steve Saunders, you're asking? Well, he's in a strength conditioning close for the Baltimore Ravens. They did not heal to COVID protocols. And so okay. what happened? Now, there's an outbreak in Baltimore. You know, it all started with Mark, Mark and J.K. Dobbins. They ended up getting COVID. Then um, um, it was a shoot. One of the uh, one of their their top uh, linemen. I think he he has diabetes. He has it, and now others have had it. Now Lamar Jackson has it. There's a big outbreak that there's a chance they may not even play the game tomorrow. The I'm talking about the Ravens Steelers game. So that that's supposed to be played tomorrow, but yet the Steelers are also having issues. But you know that's a whole other that's another um, conversation. But, yeah, you know, congratulations, Steve Saunders. He just started a whole outbreak. And also Drew Locke. <laughs> also Drew Locke, apparently he admitted that he, he wasn't wearing a mask. He wasn't doing the adhering to the protocols either. That whole uh, roster of quarterbacks for the Broncos had to go in quarantine because they were in close contact with him and because he got in close contact with somebody who has COVID. They had to come in, bring in Kendall Hinton, who had not played quarterback in like four years when he was at Wake Forest. So, and we all saw what happened in that Broncos game against the Saints. So, just for utter stupidity and lack of common sense, Steve Saunders and Drew Locke are my duds. Thank you. Mm. Um, I'm going to stick with two with one of them, uh, with the Arizona thing. But my other one going to go to um, Indianapolis. Because I didn't think their defense would not show up at all. And it looked like they didn't. And the last is like a combo because we kind of knew the Bears would be a dud, so we can't really give them a dud. But yeah, they don't deserve one at this point. They deserve the something Dallas worse. The Cowboys can't be losing on Thanksgiving to the Washington. They don't have a name. That's, that's <laughs> you look at back at all them videos of Emmitt Smith eating turkeys and Randy Johnson, and I bet Tom Landry banging his head against his coffin right now. Like, let me back out of here so I can get with them. But yeah, that's not good. So Dallas, the Bears, Combo, and and, and uh, Indianapolis. My three duds real quick. Uh, I'll go with you, Lamont, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, that was a game they should have had against the uh, New England Patriots on Sunday. Number two, Lakeen, I agree with you. The whole quarterback group of the Denver Broncos, in particular Drew Locke, that, that's not smart. And my number three dud is the Las Vegas Raiders. Even though I did pick Atlanta to win, uh, I didn't expect the Raiders to lay down a piss-poor performance like that. I just didn't expect it at all. Did not, yeah, I don't think anybody any, – none of us did. I think, and no one saw that coming at all. So, mm -mm. just, just Without Julio Yeah, they didn't have Julio Jones. That's something people forget. They didn't have Julio Jones. He was a late scratch. Mm -hmm. so and no Todd Gurley either. No, no, exactly. So – just no, just inexcusable, and I'm, and I'm glad even Gruden's kind of admitted that. Yeah, that was that was just piss poor and inexcusable. Ain't no excuse. And those are our studs and does for Week 12 of the NFL. Um, you know, we did our Seattle Phil, uh, Philadelphia picks and our um, Raven Steelers picks. Should that game be played? I don't think it's gonna get played, but. You can go back to our previous podcast from Friday to get our predictions. Okay. All right, we're going to take a really quick break. And, but coming up, you know, COVID has wreaked havoc already on college hoops and also college football as well. And we'll talk about the uh, Tyson, the Roy Jones fight, and that the biggest star ended up not being neither one of them. <laughs> That's right. And also, too. 
and also to have a new segment slash adventure for you guys. I, I want to see how you guys embrace this. So I'll have that coming up for you as well. Ooh, a tease. I love it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we'll be right back with more Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom. Zoom style. Okay, let me. Welcome back to the second half of Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom, Zoom style. Along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidK80. Once again, SidK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You follow me at Kina McGee on Twitter and at Kina underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. And you can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, part of the War Media Network at War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you search for War on Anchor and look for Second City Sports. Also, we're on iHeartRadio. When you download the iHeartRadio app, type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R -R on Anchor. And we are also on the tube, a.k.a. YouTube at War Media once again, at WARR Media, you can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing. Hello. 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 <laughs> We're live. As you can tell. <laughs> you can touch us. You can see us. Please like, share, and subscribe, folks, at War Media once again on YouTube. Please comment, like, share, and subscribe. Yep. Yep. Ever. And we're everywhere on the uh, on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. So wherever you get your podcasts, you can check us out. You can find us. We're there. <laughs> yes. We are. Um, some great college football action during this Thanksgiving weekend. So what were your takeaways, gentlemen? Um, I got two examples. <laughs> Go ahead. If you want to start with that one. See it before I get into that. You remember because things are not like we like to be in Illinois. I came to Louisiana and took my almost entire savings and put it on my Illinois fighting the line and they 28 points. And of course, the game didn't happen. So I didn't become I didn't I wasn't able to get see at the car and things like that. But next time, <laughs> I told you that's what I was gonna do about the one. You remember I told you that I was gonna do that for real. But hey, no, you might can do that in a couple of weeks when uh, the final line I played Northwestern. I'm just saying. Uh, well, I was gonna get on you about that Northwestern in a couple of minutes because they didn't wet the bed. They wet the bus on the way to the game. But we'll get to them. But my, <laughs> my two little heroes, though, man, like. I think the gentleman's name is Jared Anderson from Buffalo. Jared, yeah. Mm -hmm. Eight touchdowns? Yep. <laughs> How does that happen? <laughs> How does that happen? I mean, like, technically. You can't stop him. You can hope to contain him. <laughs> I mean, that's not even. I mean, it seemed like the coach would have said, well, I'm going to take him out. I don't want him to do that. The man scored eight touchdowns. So he, he definitely is like, was my impact everything. But more than that, a young lady by the name of Karen Fuller. Sarah, 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 her name is Sarah. The Fuller girl is what I called it all weekend. The Fuller with the, Fuller with the foot is what I said. 
But yes, she kicked the ball. It looked like she wanted to go hit somebody. And that was such a big thing for me because I've been saying that some of them soccer girls kick really hard, just like some of them volleyball girls spike really hard. And they should been they should have been using them. We might need a woman kicker in Chicago in the next year or so. So man, I was so happy to see that. And and so yeah, and, and as far as the rest of the college football game, it was okay. Like the ones I did catch, I watched like the Arizona, the Arizona game I caught some of, but those were my two impact moments from the weekend, other than me not being able to become a different person with Illinois. <laughs> That's three times you said Illinois, Lamont. It's Illinois, so we'll have to find you very soon. You have to take some chunk change out your pocket. It's twenty dollars each time, so that's six dollars. <laughs> All right, Boy. I'm gonna have to tell um, Mr. Base. <laughs> Now, going back to that Northwestern game, as you mentioned, Lamont, of course, um, Northwestern uh, lose, lose their first game of the year to the Michigan State Spartans 29-20, to dropping Northwestern's record to 5-1. and I know, Lakina, you're going to get to this uh, in a minute, but uh, their game next week at Minnesota has been canceled due to uh, the Golden Gophers, uh, their outbreak in COVID around that campus. Uh, but getting back to this loss against Michigan State, I watched some of that game. Uh, Northwestern had a chance to get back into it. They were competitive, but it's just an example of a young team uh, uh, making too many mistakes and they don't have enough to overcome it. Peyton Ramsey, uh, the quarterback for the Wildcats, he did not look good. He only threw for 210 yards and two interceptions off of 21 of 43 passing. He didn't look good. But Northwestern's running game, uh, it was non-existent. Drake Anderson only had 41 yards rushing. And Isaiah Browser, their star running back, only had 28 yards of, of rushing. Uh, for Northwestern, it's not going to get it done. Uh, the only thing that's going to get it done for Northwestern, as far as offensively as, at this point, is to put up enough points and let your defense hunt. That's been their game plan all year. I know Northwestern is not – that explosive offensively, even though they are creative at times. But uh, just looking at that game uh, at uh, East Lansing that was last Saturday, those are the games if you want to take your program to the next level, those games are, are the games that you should win. You don't throw those games away. Sid, I'm sorry. Can I ask a quick question, Sid? Do you yeah, think go ahead. you're not ready for prime time? I think it's going to uh, – that answer is going to come within the next couple of weeks, even though they, they do not play next week because of, of the cancellation of the Minnesota game. Whenever they play that game, if that game gets made up, uh, I, I, we'll have that answer, uh, uh, answer then. Of course, they play Illinois to wrap up the regular season. I think they only need one win out of these next two games to reach the, the conference – the Big Ten Conference Championship game. So – uh, as of as of last Saturday, they weren't ready for prime time. But as long as they win one of these next two games, I think they're ready for prime time. It's just we'll see what happens once they get to the Big Ten championship game in Indianapolis in the next few weeks. Okay, here's how I feel about Northwestern. This is sort of a typical look. They believe in their own their own hype. You know, people were teasing them. They, you know, they were going with the you know, the fighting Reese Davises, and then they run into a pretty good Michigan State team. And you know, Mel Tucker gets another big win. You know, his second win of the season, but also his second win over a big team. So there you go. Now, they'll probably end up going to the uh, the Big Ten title game anyway because of not just their game being canceled, but there have been some other games that have been canceled or postponed. So I think that's sort of a, a moot point there. Um, look, I, 
I mean, I think my my sort of my my thing is that COVID's already wreaking havoc here. I think Minnesota, one of their top players, I forget, I keep forgetting his name, but you know, he decided he actually opted out and opted back in, but then decided to opt out again because he probably saw the writing on the wall. And look what ended up happening a couple of days later, um, a COVID outbreak. Um, Michigan has had to, had to stop, had to pause uh, activities because of COVID. And, you know, a couple other teams, you know, Florida State, they had like their third game in a row got postponed or canceled so mm-hmm. because of COVID. So it's kind of wreaking havoc all over the country. Now, as for on the field, I mean, Iowa State, you know, essentially sort of putting their place, you know, in the Big 12 title game, meaning, meaning um, Texas in Texas. That's the first time in a long time they've done that. Um, who else? Uh, oh, Oregon State. I think that's the first time. I think like about a decade they beat Oregon. Oregon basically sort of ruins their chances of going to the playoff. Um, mm-hmm. Indiana held on to uh, to beat uh, Maryland, but they lost their quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., to ACL, so he's done for the year. Um, that really stinks. That really stinks that for them because that really- – that really stays for them because that he's their best player and he makes that offense go. So that's, it's going to be hard, but um, Clemson with everyone back said they're back, you know, and they basically, things are back to normal now over at Clemson. They know they basically beat up on picks. So that. In Alabama, 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 the iron bowl was, was full of lead. I didn't watch Al- a single, I didn't watch a single minute of that because I figured it was going to be a blowout. So I didn't even bother watching it. Being Same here. here. It was it was prime time TV down here, so yeah, it, it was it was it was ugly. Yeah, it was real. Ugly. Yeah, so for, yeah, so unfortunately, I you know I didn't watch a single minute of that game, but you know, just it's sort of a whole hum. I mean, there were a lot of cancellations, so. We'll, we'll see what happens as the, as the days and weeks go on with the you know, COVID cases rising all over the country. Now it's becoming an issue, so we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, also, too, uh, a couple other uh, big scores from last Saturday's action. Number six, Florida gets by Kentucky, 34-10. Notre Dame, uh, they get by North Carolina, 31-17. And, and of course, Georgia uh, trying to hang on to perhaps sneak into the playoffs. I don't, I don't know if they're going to get there, but they took care of South Carolina, 45-16. to so, See, is Notre Dame real or are they just lucky? <laughs> it's funny that you asked that question, Lamont. I, I I keep thinking that I want to believe in that. You know, personally, I'm not a fan of their program. They're like the the Ohio State University. They're annoying to me. I wish they go off the face of the earth. But with that being said, they are a good team. But I don't know if they can beat Clemson. I know they did before people yell at me. Well, they did it a few weeks ago. Remember, mm-hmm. no Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Number two, the yeah, number two. If and when you play them again, which is probably going to happen in the next two or three weeks, do I trust them to be competitive? They'll probably will, but I just don't see them being a fully healthy uh, Clemson squad. I just don't. That's why I think they're going to be on the outside looking in come uh, come uh, the 14th playoff. That's my synopsis. I know we'll, we'll preview that game in a couple of weeks, but uh, that's actually my synopsis because, remember, Lawrence wasn't there. They were also without a couple of their top defensive guys. That's why they were, mm-hmm. you know, Book was able to do what, you know, and the offense was able to do what they did. So now that they're fully healthy again, you saw a little bit of that against Pittsburgh. So I, I don't I don't see it happening. Uh, a quick question for y'all. Now, uh, Indiana is in second place behind Ohio State in that division. 
Yeah, in theory, yeah. So technically, if Ohio State miss another game and can't make it, Ohio State could possibly play. I mean, Indiana could play Northwestern for that Big Ten championship. Yep. And yep. Northwestern can still walk away with everything. Yeah, because pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I was sitting there looking at it, and I was like, X, Y, ooh, we. So, yeah. That's why, that's why, yeah, that's why I said don't be surprised if they sort of mitigate that rule so that Ohio State, should they, they be able to play one or if not both their last two games and get in there. I think yeah, because I, I don't think they're, they're, they're going to want, yeah, they're not going yeah, they're not going to want Indiana there, especially without their, their, their star player, Penix Jr. being mm -hmm. out for the rest of the year. That's not going to happen. So at Northwestern, yeah, I mean, Wisconsin, unfortunately, you know, they didn't play enough games. So, I'm thinking that maybe that's probably what's going to end up happening. They may, like, do away with that rule and say, you know, what Ohio State – if Ohio State ends up being undefeated, <laughs> they They're going to sweep it. They're going to sweep it under the rug. <laughs> probably so. Yeah, trust me. The powers that be IESPN, they want Ohio State in their 14 playoffs. So, I'll be shocked that they're not in there. All right, so we'll talk. We'll talk about the uh, the matchups coming up once the, the schedule gets settled. Because there, like I said, there have already been some cancellations and postponements. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, a little college hoops action took place. There were already we always saw some upsets. You know, go go figure. Um, Kentucky lost to Richmond. Yeah. Uh, at, at home at Rupp. Uh, I don't. I think Villanova lost um, in one of the holiday tournaments, if I'm not mistaken, too, a couple of days ago. Uh, uh yeah. I watched the I watched uh, Kansas and Gonzaga. Was it? Uh huh. Yeah, I watched that game. So I I wasn't able to catch many of them, but I, I caught that one. There, yeah, there yeah, the only one I go ahead, said sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I said the only one I watched a little bit was uh, the Illinois. They got by Ohio uh, by a couple of points. Uh, they had to struggle to win that game, but I know Illinois. I, I expect them to be a top five, top ten team. Uh, um, throughout this upcoming season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and also, look, you know, Baylor and – I think Baylor and Gonzaga play each other later this week. So, Baylor finally will be able to play because <laughs> I think yeah. it was Scott Drew. Well, from COVID. Where is Gonzaga getting these players from? What they grow them in their backyard? Because you don't hear about none of this until they hit the court. Well, I mean, Gonzaga just keep producing basketball players. I'm looking at their team and people coming off the bench knowing what to do. So I don't know what they putting in the water down there, but they doing something down there. That's you know something <laughs> going on at Gonzaga. But you know that whole state of Washington and city of Seattle in particular, they have a a deep, rich history in uh, producing basketball talent. We talk about New York City. We talk about here in Chicago. We talking about uh, Los Angeles to a lesser extent. But the city of Seattle, people are sleeping sleeping on. If you're really a basketball head and a basketball historian. You have a lot of uh, uh, great basketball players coming out of the state of Washington and the city of Seattle in particular. Jamal Crawford, Nate Robinson, we'll get on him later, but <laughs> from other stuff. But um, Nick Hudson was from, is from there. Doug Christie, who's doing TV now for the Sacramento Kings, he's from there. So you have a lot of homegrown players coming out of the state of Washington, in particular the city of Seattle. Yeah, but 
Yeah, they'll say Spokane, which is not that far from Seattle. It's like a couple of hours away. Yeah. And look, like, I mean, from, what I, from what I heard, the camp is actually really nice. So I guess maybe that's why Murphy was able to get some of these top recruits to come there. They're saying, that, you, this is the, they're saying that this is the best team that they've had. But, you know, like I said, who knows? But, you know, we'll see at the end of the season if we get to a tournament. It's going to be a tournament. If, even if they got to have it in a high school gym with half the players, they have a tournament. They ain't going two years in a row. I'm kind of with the on that. That second part, I don't know, but they will have a tournament this year. Like you said, they have to get their money back to CBS and, turn, and Turner last year. Uh, uh, they're not going to do that again this year. Oh, yeah. No, no, that, that, that's not – yeah, that's – Oh, a tournament is happening. If they have to put like, everybody in a bubble, I don't know how you're going to do it. We'll have like, 60-some teams in a, in a bubble in Indianapolis, but in the surrounding areas of Indiana. But we'll see. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we've already had some cancellations, so we'll, we'll see what happens there some early on. So, you know, teams have had to kind of pause activity. So, I don't know, but we'll, 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 we'll find a way to make it happen. Yes, they will. All right, Sid, so uh, go ahead with your uh, um, new sort of, you know. Sydney Dreams. Yeah. Uh, I came up with this idea over the uh, long holiday weekend that we just uh, had with the Thanksgiving Day weekend uh, of every, and everything. Of course, throughout these last few months, we've all been consuming content, whether it's sports, uh, music, entertainment, uh, things of that nature outside of sports. Of course, YouTube has been my vehicle as far as watching new programming, sports programming, and some other stuff outside of sports as well. But this week is going to be um, uh, uh, basketball games. Of course, uh, I'm telling the truth, all my uh, uh, swearing on my beating heart <laughs> that I have not watched any of these clips. And so I wanted to get your guys' opinion on which one of these three old school, um, old school basketball games should I watch. You guys ready? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And whichever game I watch, I'll have a, a verbal book report for you guys on our next podcast. So here we go. Uh, and now I have not seen any of these classic games in its entirety. So uh, I'll, I'll start off with uh, number one, uh, the Philadelphia Sixers versus the Milwaukee Bucks in game five of the 1987. Mm -hmm. That was Julius Irving, a.k.a. Dr. J's last game. I've seen mm -hmm. clips of that, but I've not seen the full game. Number two, from January 26, 1985, Georgetown versus St. John's College Basketball. <laughs> and, then, and then my third choice is the New York Knicks versus the Los Angeles Lakers, game seven of the 1970 NBA Finals. No. So which one of those three should I – which one of those three games – Games should I watch? Ooh, a tough one. Cause I, I've seen all three of those games in its entirety. I've seen all three of them, but I would pick number two. Just because that, that game alone, yeah, you know, there's a reason why that game sort of stands out in the Big East. That Georgetown game? Mm -hmm. That's that Georgetown game. Yeah, I would go with number two and then number one and then number three. And the only reason I would go with number one second is because of the Terry Thomas, Sidney Moncrief factor. The Milwaukee Bucks had good teams called, you know, Pierce. You know, they had yeah, some good Ricky Pierce, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had Ricky Pierce over there. You know, they had Nate McMillan over there. They had some mm -hmm. good teams over there. 
and they used to get, and you know, Terry Cummings was a homeboy. So, you know. Yeah, DePaul University, Terry, yep. We was rooting for Terry the whole time. But uh, I would go with the Georgetown game, like the Kings. Okay. Because you're going to see a lot of people that became stars, that didn't yep. become mm -hmm. stars. And what you're going to see is uh, John Thompson the Great run up against a coach that was ready for him. <laughs> now, I do, you know, as a, a sports historian as I am, I do remember the players. I do remember, you know, the coaches and all that. But I, and like you said, the Big East was starting to become a powerhouse conference back then. So I, I raised my right hand. I will watch the Georgetown St. John's game from 1985. And while you're sure we have more on that in its entirety on on our next podcast. So I will watch that game in, in its entirety. So I will watch that uh, game first, and then I'll, we'll see how that goes. And maybe I can bring the same same up again on our next podcast. So I'll watch Georgetown and St. John's from January of 1985. Yeah, let's, just say, yeah, let's just say uh, there was some punches thrown. There might be some, you know, pushing and shoving, you know, that's not illegal. That's that, that that stuff was legal back mm -hmm. then, so <laughs> sort of like a street brawl from back in the day here in Chicago. <laughs> and if you, want, and if, if you want to see some really funny footage as cutout, go back to those old uh, Houston Flash Slam Jamma teams when Master P was a, a a freshman on the team before he got hurt. So if you're really bored, you can watch something like that. Now I did. Uh, now I did see the thirty for thirty of the five salmon Gemma. And now I saw the uh, uh, clips of their two uh, national championship games, which um, they both lost. They lost to Georgetown the second time around. I know the first time they lost to NC State in nineteen eighty three. Of course, the late Jim <laughs> running all over the court. But um, I don't know if you guys saw the thirty for thirty. They uh, ESPN I did, did yeah. on five salmon Gemma a couple of years ago. Yeah. There was a very good about that. They were the, t the talk of the town in Houston uh, right before the Rockets started to take off. So they were more popular than the Rockets at that time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They didn't, have, they didn't have no guards that can shoot. They just had – they could dunk on you, but that was just about it. Yeah. If you want, yeah. And while you're digging through the crates, man, go back and watch that DePaul loss when they had uh, Mark oh, McGuire and Clay. Oh, say, oh, that say Joe lost. That say Joe yeah. win. I should say go against DePaul. If they have that, I'll go back. Yes. Yeah, you'll yeah. look, look. Yeah, I mean, look, you'll be yelling. You'll be yelling at the television, I'm sure, or whatever device you watch it on. But I'll just say that. <laughs> I'll be yelling that, yelling back at my computer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to this day, I don't know how they lost that game. Even that's one of them games where your talent, even if your talent had a bad day, it should have outweighed that team. Yeah, just, 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 yeah, just <laughs> big win for St. Joe's. I kind of, the source kind of made it, got them to the pinnacle, but sort of kind of that, you know, sort of the building block for what they became. Unfortunately, they have not, haven't been there at the tournament, I think, in about like a decade, though. So that's, like, that's unfortunate, but. You, you know, uh, what's it? Why you, why you doing that, Sid? Maybe, maybe once this, or even if we can find a way to do it virtually, once this COVID break, or we could do it virtually, maybe we need to set up something where we do a reaction show watching old games like that, man. I mean, we, that's we a good still, idea. Oh, yeah, that's we, a good idea. Put yeah. that in the suggestion box. That's a good idea. I've watched, yeah. A, yeah. I've watched a lot of those, so. <laughs> yeah, and I, that's what I'm saying. I've been I be seeing people, people with thousands of views on these reaction shows. I'm quite sure we got some reactions because we ain't gonna even talk about Illinois team with Lou Henson. <laughs> so, 
we we yeah. I mean, we when you think about it, man, we mean we can work some other things out, try to work some other stuff. Definitely. So that's something we can do next after the new year, or maybe like maybe sometime next year, like you said, yeah. do a yeah. do yeah. a uh, yeah, do a kind of like a, a reaction show to those uh, those particular games. We pick a, pick a classic, pick a classic game, and uh, we can have our reaction. Like I said, I've seen some of these classic games like multiple times already, so I'm like, okay. And, <laughs> I Switching with the seasons, like we can do it with college basketball, we had a tournament going on or whatever, and then switch it when baseball coming in. You know, we watch an old Larry Boa game, you know, and switch it as the seasons progress and do like one a week or two a week and, you know, shake some stuff up. Yeah, that's a good idea. We probably do it like during during the summer, like you said, you know. Like, maybe we can't do it this year, obviously, because of COVID, but there probably won't be that many bowl games. Maybe do a classic, like, bowl games, you know, or national championship yeah. games or something like that. Or classic yeah. or whatever, whatever uh, like, a rivalry game comes up, we pick a year that was really good. And so definitely something to think about. <laughs> yes, write it down. All right, we'll yep. keep, put that in the suggestion box. Yeah, right, and so- I, like I said before, I raised my right hand. I will watch that Georgetown Georgetown St. John's game from 1985. We'll have, uh, I'll give you my review on our next episode. You'll be very entertained, I'll, I'll say. Yes, you will. Okay. Very entertained. You're going to see a lot of fouls that's not called. <laughs> <laughs> and some punches, and maybe a couple of punches thrown, I'm just saying. Yeah. Maybe so. All right. <laughs> all right. Some good news here for uh, all you Giants fans. Um, Daniel Jones underwent some tests on his hamstring, and they and they say that he avoided major injury. He has outside outside shot of playing this Sunday, so against the Seahawks. Mm. So maybe that I don't know if that'll <laughs> that might I don't know if that'll help, but you know that's, that's some good news. He avoided significant injury, but that's okay. All right. So. Um, well, we still have we still have a lot of time left, so we can talk about that that uh I, fight, whatever you want, or exhibition that fight. Former uh, Chicago Bull. We got to talk about that former Chicago Bull dunking on the he dunked on the canvas. We got. <laughs> yeah. Well, he got punched out. That's what happened. Um, former Bull guard uh, <laughs> Nate Robinson um, got punched out by YouTuber uh, Jake Paul. Um, as they, that was the undercard in that fight with um, that an exhibition fight between Mike Tyson and, of course, Roy Jones Jr. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I actually forgot it was on. I was watching uh, Utah and uh, Washington, so that actually got my attention. Nice comeback win for uh, for Washington. I'd be down twenty-one to nothing, but uh, what are, you guys watched it. So what's what's your uh, summaries of that of well, of the undercard? We'll do the undercard first. Uh-huh. Yep. You ever play Mike Tyson Punch Out? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Of course. Of course. You remember, Glass, remember Glass Joe? Yes. Yep. <laughs> he used to fall. That's kind of how he fell. Yep. <laughs> he looked like, a, he looked like a, a colored Glass Joe. <laughs> oh my God. I saw. Yeah, I saw a clip of him being knocked out. I'm like, really? And he did. And he did. And he said himself he didn't even really train for this fight. This is sort of like a last-minute sort of agreement that they had. How would you so, go in there then? What? Man, the- no excuse. You shouldn't have went in there if you ain't trained. Like, we ain't taking that one. You know, we'll see you in the uh, with Ice Cube. We'll see you in the three-on-three in a couple of months, man. But, That's yeah. what he was doing before this anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're going to see you back in the three-on-three, bro. <laughs> but uh, I, was watching, I was watching that entire fight. I said I was rooting for him, but – you lost to a YouTube star, and I don't know. If, uh, Le- I know, Le King, you didn't watch it. Lamont, did you catch the uh, the interview with Jim Gray after the uh, yes. Nate Robinson fight? 
Yeah. <laughs> Even he said this himself, like, I'm going working on my music. You could tell he really didn't take it that seriously. He looked across at Nate. I'm like, I respect you, but you ain't bleep. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and not this, you know what, out in the second round. <laughs> And Jim Gray, so Jim Gray, so I don't even know what you can say about Jim Gray. He's so emotionless, and he's so like won't insult you, but he don't. But he still do. It's like Jim Gray is yeah. just like special, you know, all the way yeah. back to Pete Rose. Jim Gray special. So, <laughs> <laughs> but even even but um before then um the only thing that was really entertaining besides the knockout in that particular fight was Snoop Dogg. Uh, yeah, I heard about I, that. I tweeted it out. I, yeah, I, I tweeted it out uh, during the, those fights on Saturday. Uh, whereas MLB, NHL, uh, NBA, they need to hire Snoop. Like, I know the NBA used to do this with the players only broadcast, but can the NBA do this or can football do this when we get back to some sort of normalcy next year with the NFL preseason since nobody watches it anyway? Have Snoop Dogg commentate the NFL preseason. I guarantee you have numbers. Get Snoop, look, get Snoop a job, man, because he know his sport, he know his game. Yeah, and he said it was he such does. a cool way. He was like, "Ooh, baby, you need to move. You are gonna get hit, Dad." <laughs> My two uncles yeah. fighting at the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did, did he do a hockey game? I think about a year ago. Did he do like a Kings? Yeah, game? Yeah, he did. Yeah, with the LA Kings about a year or so ago. Yeah. yeah so, and he yeah. was on the Lakers broadcast about a couple years ago as well. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. So look, so like I said, Snoop makes every sporty event, or he makes everything better. So just let Snoop. I look. I wish we could do if. Look, if a Super Bowl, you know, if they have to, you know, you know, start it back. But if they do a Super Bowl, just imagine Tony Roman and a Snoop Dogg. I don't know if Jim Nance would continue, oh. but that would be. <laughs> I don't know if he would want that, but or maybe he will. Who knows? But yeah, all that excitement, I think, it might be too much even for for him. <laughs> Wait, did y'all did y'all catch Tony Romo doing the game uh, that they played? Was it the Thanksgiving game? Which game he called? It? Thanksgiving game, and they told him that. Uh, yeah, it was Thanksgiving oh, game. They, he called Matthew yeah, Stafford the, just, they said Matthew Stafford just broke your record for touchdowns. He said, hey, on whatever. Thanksgiving. He said, eh, whatever. <laughs> he like, I ain't. <laughs> he like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he was like, ah, whatever. He didn't really have a reaction to it. Like, oh, whatever. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> oh my god. Not, not that See it to the main event. See it. Yeah, that uh, Tice. Yeah, Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. I know that uh, the uh, the lead announcer said it was supposed to be in, uh, of doing this in air quotes for those of you listening exclusively on the podcast exhibition. But if you really uh, narrate that fight, look at it closely. Maybe Roy Jones Jr. won a couple of rounds, but Mike Tyson, as I thought. He came out swinging. Mike was not playing around. I know both of them are in their mid-50s, but Mike Tyson, this was old-school Mike Tyson as it gets. No, obviously, he's not in his prime. Both of them not in their primes, but Mike Tyson was coming out swinging. And Roy Jones Jr., he looks worse than I do, and I'm in decent shape. Roy Jones Jr., I cannot say the other phrases on this podcast. We try to keep it PG, but... Uh, my man has a beer belly that is starting to grow. That doesn't look good. You notice too, Lamont, uh, every time that Mike Tyson was trying to throw a second or third punch, he, uh, Roy Jones' strategy was trying to hold on to it, and the refs had to break it up multiple times. Like, uh, that strategy's not going to work. Wait. You're too damn old for this. <laughs> did, did you 
hear, did you hear him? Did you hear Roy Jones saying, man, he throwing the hands. Mike throwing the hands. Mike keep throwing yeah. the hands. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mike throwing the hands. I'm like, yeah, he's trying to knock you out. But yep. then, you know, Roy Jones did make a song before, right? When he was a rapper, he made a song called I Smoke, I Drink. So maybe that's where the belly comes from. But at the same time, I think he was scared to get hit. I really do. Because Mike Tyson, if Mike Tyson would have fought like that, he might have beat Buster Douglas. <laughs> he wasn't playing. He was not playing. And, and he played in that Buster Douglas fight. So I know he got regrets. And if you throw him in there with the wrong person, especially some of these lackadaisical heavyweights right now, he'll knock one of these 20-something-year-olds out. Because he throwing some power. He throwing some shots. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I wouldn't fight him if I was somebody trying to come up in the ranks. I wouldn't fight him because he would not, he'd probably knock you out. I did see the uh, the post-match when it was a, a consider, what was um, called a draw. Um, you, you can't tell how both these guys kind of have evolved, especially Tyson. Tyson said, oh, you know, I'm okay with a draw. I'm fine with that. Wardrobe was like, uh-uh, no, uh, 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 I don't know if he was in denial or something. Like, I don't know what was going on in his head, but from, what, from the, all the tweets you I saw. Lost yeah, for he all tweets I saw, he, he, you know, he got his butt kicked. So I don't, I don't know what mm -hmm. he's, <laughs> what he's talking about. But look, from what I saw, look, it was interesting. Interesting. I guess they were, they were probably both bored. So I don't, I don't know. That was, a, that was a, maybe that was the case there. Maybe I don't think he took it seriously. Maybe Roy Jones did take it seriously, but that, who knows? That ten million, that ten million made you take it real serious. Take <laughs> 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 it serious for that ten million. See, here's the thing. If it was for Nate Robson, Roy Jones Jr. would have been the uh, would, would have been the talk on social media. Did you yeah. catch him, Lamont, after the fight? I did. Lakina just referenced it uh, a minute ago, and when Jim Gray was uh, interviewing him at, um, in in the in the walkway to the ring, uh, hold on, <laughs> I, 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 I'll do it again. You could tell that Roy Jones is running out of the ring. Hold on. I'll find him again. <laughs> like, dude, go get in shape. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm yeah, telling I was you. Like, no. <laughs> I smoked. Mike Tyson, I Mike Tyson I just took that bug out. Like, okay. <laughs> Roy Jones. Roy Jones did not do himself any justice. I would have rather seen Holyfield in there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, some people call for Holyfield and Lennox Lewis, so I don't, like, I don't. They'll, they'll probably not want to. Lewis still. Yeah, he's in still in good shape. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. We'll see. I wouldn't have paid fifty dollars for it, but it wasn't. It wasn't bad to watch on a Saturday night. Same here. Definitely something to kill time. So it 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 turned out okay. Like I said, uh, Snoop Dogg won the night. Yeah. Yeah, Snoop Dogg commentary was on point. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, I'm sure all the numbers are going to be clamming for him, I'm sure. Well, you um, know he got on TNT on TBS already with uh, Dusty Rhodes' son. They got a new, uh, new show on TBS where they're doing, like, stunts and stuff. So he's making moves. Gotta love Not it. Tony Khan paying for it. Tony Khan is the executive producer. Mm. Cool. Yeah, Interesting. He, he Interesting. Threw AW and he took the president of AEW, the president of AEW, Cody Rhodes, which is Dusty Rhodes' son, and him and Snoop is the host of the show with, uh, what's that girl's name? Rosario Dawson. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, actually, Rosario Dawson, yeah. Interesting. And I do, I do a show with her for free. 
gosh, all right. All right, on that note, on that note, uh, all right, NBA training camp starts this week, guys. So uh, what's your sort of, you know, what's can your lens telling you for the NBA season coming up in a few weeks? Can I go first? Go ahead. I am officially a Phoenix Suns fan because my little cousin signed a two-year contract with the Phoenix Suns, so the Phoenix Suns will make the playoffs, period, I believe. All right, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, forget Chris Paul, forget Devin Booker, support Lamont's cousin. Mm. <laughs> That's right. Two-time <laughs> He got more rings than Chris Paul and Devin Booker combined. So, yes, support the Phoenix Suns. Go ahead, Seth. What I'm looking for, the, what I'm looking forward to training camp is really looking at December 11th, I believe it is. Uh, uh, the preseason starts for uh, for all these teams. There, there'll be four games for each team. I think they play only two. Each team will play uh, four four games and two opponents. So they'll play a in home and home series. I believe that I, that schedule's set up right. So it's going to mm. be a short preseason. And then December twenty second, uh, the, the regular season starts. Uh-huh. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm, should be a good, should mm-hmm. be a fun season. You probably, like I said, you probably only see a broad, like maybe like play like maybe two thirds of this of the season. Mm-hmm. Which uh, player y'all think? Which player y'all think moved to another team, other than you know my cousin that make impact? <laughs> oh, goodness, I think CP three will probably will make an impact with that uh, Suns team. Okay, but that's look. That's a loaded West, so they're gonna have a hard time. So I would say if they could just at least get to the playoffs, I think that would be or the play in, <laughs> well, the play in to the playoffs. I think that, might, yeah. So I think that might look that that might help a little bit. I, I got another. I got another sleeper thing. Remember, I'm telling y'all, Bulls undrafted free agent Sandy will be on the team and making noise. The Dotson kid out of Kansas. Will make that team and make some noise. He will not be going to the G League. He will get somebody's job. He knows how to play, and I'm not just saying that because he's from Chicago. He knows how to play basketball, so and he can score. So I'm looking forward to watching him in the preseason go off and get okay. him. Uh, two guarantees in a row for Lamont. Watch out, y'all. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> No, I can't wait. To, I can't wait to rock my Phoenix Suns jersey. I'm looking forward to the Los Angeles Lakers and their free agent pickup, Montrez Harrell. Of course, we all know what he did with the Los Angeles Clippers the past few seasons. He's going to bring that toughness uh, to the Lakers front line to help out another free agent now, teammate Marcus Saul and Anthony Davis as well. So the Lakers got better on paper to boost up their front line, especially defensively. So I'm looking for Montrezl Harold to have a big year for the Lakers. And why are you saying that, Sid? They got Wes Matthews, and the Lakers mm-hmm. restocked real hard down there. Yeah. They're try, they trying to act a fool. Like, and, and did, have y'all been – have they been talking about them Zach Levine trade rumors in Chicago? Are they, what, what they Because they talking Philadelphia want them or something like that? I know there, was a, there were rumors about that like about a month ago, but that they've kind of subsided. They should have. Because that's the best player we got, right? As of now, yeah. But here, here's the thing about the Chicago Bulls. And of course, we'll uh, dive deep into them once the regular season get uh, opening day gets closer. But 
this season for the Bulls is about their quote-unquote core players in Lowry Market and Zach Levine, Wendell Carter Jr., and some of the other guys, too, uh, staying healthy, along with Denzel Valentine, even though I don't count him as the real core. But it's all about their superstars staying healthy because that's been the problem the last couple of years. Our tourist conditionist and GM, Mark Eversley, of course, as Lakina said, those rumors about Zach Levine has been out there for the last month, month and a half. Uh, people think that those players have real value. The rest of the league are, are telling you, no, they don't. So what, if the Bulls make the play, playoffs, which I don't think they will, but if those players that I mentioned stay healthy and show what they can do, what they can do under a real coach in Billy Donovan, you cannot blame Jim Borland anymore. You cannot blame Gar Pax. We'll see how these players – uh, what their true potential is under a real coaching staff. And um, if those players can stay healthy through the majority of the season, you'll start to see their real value. And then you'll start to see uh, the real plan for the Chicago Bulls led by AK and Mark Eversley. So this season is all about evaluation. So who's going to be here for the long haul and who's going to be shipped up out of here after this upcoming season concludes? If they get to like 30 to 35 wins, then I think we all Bulls fans should be happy. If they, mm-hmm. if, if they could finish between like 30 and 35, I was, I was chatting with um, our, our, our guys, Mike Peck and uh, Dave Schwab from uh, the now defunct, you know, Bulls insiders, but uh, they're still doing their thing with the hot mic. You know, we had a, a Bulls, you know, the Packers, once that was a, you know, that blowout was uh, official, but <laughs> we kind of, everyone talked about Bulls. And I said, I told them, I said, look, 30 to 35 wins. I mean, that's, that should be a good start for the Bulls and see what you have, see the core that you, you know, that you want to build around. If it's evolved, if it involves Zach Levine, great. If it doesn't, okay, you may have to ship him off. If it involves Laurie, cool. If it doesn't, you, know, you may have to ship him off. I know Kobe White's probably going to be, I know from what I've read, you know, Billy Donovan loves Kobe White. So, and also, you know, love Patrick Williams too. That's why they drafted him, you know, because he really liked what he saw when he was at Florida State. So, and look, I mean, 30, 35 wins, I think, you know, I think Bulls fans should not expect a lot. Let's, let's say, because I'm seeing people say, well, it should be challenging for the eighth seed or the play in, playoff, however they decide to do it with the playoffs. Not, not that window this year. Yeah. So I, I would say, look, don't expect too much. Keep your expectations low. 30, 35, that's what you're aiming for. All right, so what are you guys looking forward to this, this coming week? Go into mm-hmm. December. Go into December. <laughs> Boy. Oh, uh, for the year to end uh, and, and roll over <laughs> to, some, to some new stuff and some more people in the stands and stuff. But sports-wise, I'm trying to see that they get these football games in. At least I want to see both of them. So if they get one in, I'll be satisfied. And... Um, Seeing do they get the college back? It's like funny. Everything is see do they get in. See do they get it in. Same with the college basketball games this week and even uh, football this week. Like, you know, we got the big LSU-Alabama game coming up, what, Saturday? So maybe. We don't know. So it's a, it's about see. We're trying to see do COVID sit down for a week. That's what I'm looking for. <clears throat> yeah, I agree with you, Yeah, I agree with you, Lamont. You took the words right out of my mouth. And when we um, – convene on our next podcast later on this week for the weekend edition. We'll see if that Pittsburgh-Baltimore game will get played because as of right now, Baltimore has 23 people in their organization with the COVID-19 virus. Sometimes the front lines. Yeah. What what else are you looking forward to, Sid? 
Yeah, like Lamont said, another potential big weekend college in college football if we can get that in. But it looks like the NFL is going to power ahead. We'll we'll see what happens with this uh, Baltimore Pittsburgh game. Will it get played by the time we reconvene later on this week? Yeah, yeah, same here. I don't see how they get the game in. I know they, I know they're waiting on um, some more positive tests in case if there are any positive tests that they'll go through with the game. Look, they're going to be out down a lot of their guys, so I don't see how they'll be able to get this game in. I honestly don't understand how they're going to do it, and especially with everything okay. going on there. So we'll see what happens. Also, you know, college football and also college hoops. I mean, it's already kind of wicked havoc with their scheduling. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be very interesting because expect a lot of, you know, cancellations and perhaps maybe some move maneuvering and some, you know, postponements. Yes. That's why I say depend on COVID. This week depend on COVID. We're going to see what she does. <laughs> Well, especially with you know, the Thanksgiving weekend, people are traveling back, you know, from places that probably shouldn't have been traveling. So ugh, it's going to be a little iffy. That's why I told people go two weeks before Thanksgiving and come back two weeks after Thanksgiving. <laughs> and <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> on that note, you follow me at Kina McGee on Twitter and at Kina's McGee on the IG. <laughs> You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. You can follow yours truly, Sid the Kid, on Twitter and Instagram at SidKid80. Once again, that's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow our podcast We are at, at uh, WeAreRegalRadio.com. You can follow our podcast, Second City Sports, as part of the War Media Network at War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you search for War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor and download the iHeartRadio app. When you do, type in that search engine box, War on Anchor, once again. And we're also on the tube, a.k.a. YouTube, at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can not only listen to us, but watch us as as well. All right, so you guys be safe out there. Make sure you wear your mask properly and wash your hands. For the guys, I'm Lakia. This has been Second City Sports Zoom style, and we'll see you Friday. Peace. Peace. <laughs>